It is uh, Thursday, the 25th of January, and it's the Daily Talk Show with Josh and Tommy. Episode 8. Episode 8. I've done what I said that I don't really want to do, which is sound too radio. Um, (laughs) Giving you an intro. Yeah, just there's that classic sort of radio lines that you'll hear like the anchors do. There's either that can just get started straight away. Yeah. Because people know where they've come. They've somehow found you through something and read something before yeah. they click on it. You just want to, like, it's the difference between saying hello to someone. Yeah, true. And just <laughs> getting, just starting <laughs> just, talking, which is probably... Socially awkward people do that. Yeah. I've got a friend who will, uh, who won't say bye at the end of the call. So I go, okay. And just hangs up. Hangs up. What, do you, what is it? I don't know. It's like, I think it's just, um, she's American. Don't know if that's an excuse. I've got, I've got a mate that you say to him... Oh, hey, mate. And he says, good, thanks. Like, he's, he's so awkward in the situation. Don't say who you think it is. No, but I'm... you're so awkward in the situation that he's preempted that you could ask him how he is. Yeah. And he's, good, thanks. Anyway, um, let's move on. So, the... But we were talking about how we would actually structure. So, eight episodes in. Yeah. We're not telling anyone about this podcast. On social media. On like, social... we're not broadcasting it to our... Yeah, followers. We're or- keeping this. So, if you're listening right now, you are a lucky few. Well, there, there might be a lot of people listening. <laughs> or but unlucky. Yeah. And um, but we, we are trying to refine this. Yeah, and I think it's like you you have stories on everything, and mm-hmm. I'd say I probably do too. Yeah. So a topic. If I just bring one, you, I'll mm-hmm. do mine today. I'll, I'll bring a topic today. You bring it tomorrow. Yeah. Give me anything. Yeah. Right. Today's topic is travel. Okay, right, yeah, like great. stories from when you were traveling, or mm-hmm. what comes to mind when when you think travel? I mean, I feel like I always uh, talk about the world trip that I did, the three months, three months. It was trip. a work trip. Yeah. So, is that majority of where your travels come from? Doing work trips? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, probably the most. Yeah. Yeah, probably. They're probably 50-50. All right. I know it's very radio, but sell me in with some headlines and some stories that you have on option to tell me. Like some good stuff. Um, I can tell you mine. I've got some good headlines. Um, uh, uh, interviewed by the federal police. Okay. That's not bad. Uh, that's one. Um, I, I feel like some of these I've already, I've already told on air as well. Um, fuck on air. Whatever you want to call it. This conversation that we're having as two humans. Uh <laughs> Another one would be um, uh, let go of my mum's dress. All right. One more. Uh, and the, the final one would be, fuck, I don't know. Uh, man, put it, see, this is what's really hard. Even when I was helping um, with True Story, Hamish and Andy's show, Radio Karate show, getting people to come, like if you say, tell us a good story, People fucking don't know what to talk about. Yeah. So having that travel prompt is one thing, but it's almost like being like, what's been the most uncomfortable situation that you've been in when traveling? All right, answer that. Most uncomfortable situation. There's no fucking rule. Yeah, here, here we go. Uh, squatting toilets in general. Fucking. Oh. Well, you've got a fucked them. back. How do you go? It's not even, those it's not even that. But I just big uh, fella. What are you? What are you with? But six, when I was in Indo- Indonesia, I um. Uh, didn't realize like you've got these wet rooms, mm. which is where they do all the squatting and all that sort of thing. And I went in there with my socks and just had fucking wet socks. So you from, have to take your f- shoes off? You have to take off? your socks off. Well, you oh, have your yuck. shoes off when you get in the inside, but I'm just an amateur. So I just mm. s- 
am in the wet room with my when really take them off beforehand. When I was in Florence, you had to give a little quarter or whatever the like a euro yeah. or twenty. It's a big cent. thing in Europe, like you going to, to fucking Macca's. You had to pay for take a piss, yeah. and then what was it? Train station in somewhere in Italy. There was literally gates to get into the bathroom that you had to open with a one euro coin. It's ridiculous. I, it's crazy the toilet situation. That is a big. That's that's something that is so common in Europe is having to pay for for that sort of thing. Mm. I love like that's what one of the best things about McDonald's is. I don't see McDonald's just as a great food establishment. I also see it as a toilet great urinal. Yeah, it's a toilet wherever I go. Um, well, I think they get because you probably buy a cheeky cheeseburger on the way out anyway. Well, I wouldn't, but my my point is they know that I've been going there for you know twenty odd years. Yeah, part so of the furniture exactly. But uh, I actually, like, where's your preferred public toilet <laughs> around the world? No, well, yeah, you can tell me that if you've got a story about it. Um, no, nah, I think Australia's got some good ones. Tel Aviv have some pretty fucking forward, um, like. What uh, is Israel like? Yeah, so Israel, a lot of there's some fallen to pieces bits of it. It's quite dusty and like looks like they're trying to rebuild it and there's a lot of construction going on yeah but like around the beach area it's pretty for it's pretty futuristic in terms of showers and the urinal blocks and the taps for your drink bottle like yeah fully inserted drink bottle underneath this tap oh, into cool. this section and then you press this button and it fills your drink bottle it's like why doesn't someone go from australia or melbourne travel mm-hmm. around the world and work out and who's bring that doing stuff. what best yeah and then bring it back and we have this Surely, elite. Yeah, fuck. Soda streams everywhere. Could you imagine <laughs> busy water? That would be epic. Um, uh, the, to- the toilet situation in America. It's the because you've got the fucking light. You've got a massive gap. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this. In the cubicles, there's a, there's a, a decent sized gap for the toilet, so you can actually see people in and out. I was talking about the um, oh, in the- restaurants. There's people in there. Yeah, sure. Like selling mints and yeah toothpaste and refreshments and like um cologne so you can pay so in the nightclubs in la you um, which i haven't been to like that's yeah. a that's a whole world that i just don't see isn't it it's it's crazy there's a lot of people spending a lot of times in the toilets yeah in the nightclubs in la um but you can buy you can get everything i became mm. friends with one dude like i just went to the toilet a couple of times and he was just in there just he was Raking in money because people who's walking in handy in five bucks, ten bucks. Tipping culture is annoying though. Mm. Like uh, Brie and I, like trying to, it's fine when you're, you're not really trying to be conscious of, of money. And I've been to the States before where it is a little bit like I've been looser. But I went through this time of like, I'm going to be a bit more conscious. And I just felt like a jerk because I'd say, oh, you know, we'll take your bags up to your room. I'm like, oh, no, that's okay. I can do it. It's just like doing but. Then they see that as a being a bit of a dick, don't you think? Did you, like, yeah. If you don't give the bellboy, if you're not sort of, you've got to give. You have to tip. I fuck it. I fucked up. Where'd you fuck up at? And tell me if you think this. If you get a haircut, do you yeah. have to tip? Yes. Yes, I didn't. I met this dude, an Aussie guy working in a salon, uh-huh. and he was, he was cutting hair, and he was a cool dude. And I went and got this haircut, and I was like. 60 bucks mm-hmm. and I just walked off and then I realized the day after I was meant to tip yeah 
It's so He probably difficult. thought I was a fuckwit. No, but if you're Australian, you'd hope they'd hope they would know. I remember I what, spent that I'm a fuck, that Australians that a fuck are fuckwits. I spent um $150 on a haircut in LA. And it, it's like Hair an plans? average <laughs> no, it, was, <laughs> no, it was um it was at uh the market, I'm trying to think of what the oh, market the Grove. Called. The Grove, yeah. And went into a uh like a a barber type shop. I got some hair product too, I think, for that 150. 150 bucks. Yeah. But I was just shocked. What, at the price it, or that yeah. you had to tip on top of the 150? No, I think bucks. it was a, it was 150 all like I remember looking at my bank and th- that was what came out back in, from my statement. So that included like a hair wax or some shit which would have been like 50 bucks. But still $100 was insane. Ridiculous. They shaved me as well, so maybe maybe it wasn't as bad. All right, so traveling. Because you, you're about to embark on some traveling that's not work-related. Because most yeah. of your travel has been, like, it's one thing to do travel for work and it's another thing to just save up your pennies and yeah. go and actually do it. This is a new type of travel that I'm going to be embarking on because if you think the categories that I've done of travel has been short-term, and I would count four weeks or less mm. as short-term travel, and that has been personal travel. And then long-term travel has been company-funded. Now, the thing is that short-term travel for four, four weeks, you can justify spending a bit of money because it's you're in this YOLO state. But also, there's this idea of, fuck, I'm going to be back in Melbourne soon. So if I want to spend a little bit on this helicopter ride, if I have to chuck something on the credit card to do it, We'll do it because we know that next pay will come in and we'll be sorted. So that's that's that style of travel. I've been a shocker of save. Like a lot of the travel I've had. I remember when I finished at the radio station, and I thought that I was going to get uh, a certain amount of money back in the salary. You know when you're trying to calculate yeah, yeah, how much yeah. you're going to get, and I'd. Let me guess, they paid you two weeks in advance yeah, so they don't yeah, have to exactly. pay out. Yeah. So the annoying thing being that I ended up in this situation where I was like, Brian, I'd booked this trip to the States mm. and I went with no money. I just had credit cards. So I just, like, I didn't have, like, I think we might have had a thousand bucks or something that we could have from cash just so we had some. Fuck, man. The dangerous thing about that is if you lose them all, if you lose all your cards, yeah. You have yeah, no backups. Then you, then you, you actually have zero cash. You're screwed. I did the, that. I did it recently. Yeah, I didn't lose it, but I I was thinking, fuck, if we one of these cards. Oh, I was worried because I hadn't called the credit card companies telling fuck. them I'd be overseas, yeah. which they You've can got just to do that. Cancel your cards yeah. straight away. Yeah, that's annoying. The um, but so the thing with that's the YOLO style travel. Mm. Then the company travel is amazing because you have a fucking per diem. It's not much. Like we're talking sixty US a day. It's twenty bucks a meal. When you go to a taco shop, so you this can is spend... cash you can blow. Do you have to blow it all? And if you don't blow it all, where is it? No, you. Would, we would just get the the money. So, so they, it would be give it to you. It'd you... be a block of money. So it's saying, okay, you're getting sixty bucks a day. Ten days, here's six hundred bucks yeah. before you leave. exactly. Oh, yeah, six. So you could drop it all in one day. Yeah, you could. But don't. Yeah. Uh, my mate Nasan, who should know, like, grow up. He's forty, but he was eating cheap so he could use part of his per diem to buy an electric drum kit at the end. <laughs> smart or dumb. I, and the smart. thing is, it's cost him a fucking fortune because he's, 
he's he's moved a lot since then and he ends up having to pay all this exit he's having to drive to move to the gold coast because of his drum kit because he wouldn't be able to um check it in easily but no so that was all covered and so you don't have to worry like i was able to save money on those trips so i was very fortunate worked my ass off during it but this next version of travel is where it's like penny pinching Mm. trying to save money not staying in just the hubs like london or we're doing italy and things like that but it's like you have to be prepared that if you're going there to unless you're going to go hostile which we are going to go airbnb homestays Mm. uh hotel type stuff you're going to spend 200 a night Mm. still and that and that's not like being fancy yeah. And that's the same I mean, with spend London. 500 euros a night for yeah. a fancy joint. Yeah. I mean, the thing is 200 Australian will, like that's going to Sorrento or, uh, you know, somewhere like that. Italy. Um, in Italy. Italy. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, so it's a little bit of a hot spot still. You could probably go into the outer parts and we want to do a bit of that stuff. Mm. But... Um, it's going to, yeah, it'd be different. You know what? It's like if you can manage to... I think it, that will bring a whole new level of adventure. Yeah. Just as it is. 100%. Well, the thing is that it's uh, the more you spend doesn't equate to a better experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the best experiences have been just like leaving your hotel and exploring. So that's what this trip, you know, will be going away for around four months. Yeah. And um, so getting on the trains over in Europe, like a lot of it's, yeah, not in English, and you pay for this ticket, and you don't have to go through gates to get onto the train. Uh-huh. So you jump onto this thing, and it starts moving, and you think, "Fuck, I hope this is the yeah. right one." I remember I did that in um, uh, San Francisco on Bart, Bart, their train system, and just ended up um, completely the wrong direction. Fuck, if you struggle in a non-foreign oh, country, man, I'm <laughs> fucked in that regard. I feel like I've gotten better. <laughs> But the thing is that we're traveling slow to allow for mistakes. Mm. What about um, feeling unsafe? <clears throat> yeah. Because I, I, I reckon before we even tell stories about being unsafe, it's like there's definitely a, a vibe, a feeling mm-hmm. in a city yeah. that makes you, you feel unsafe. So Tel Aviv, I didn't feel unsafe. Uh-huh. Barcelona mm-hmm. in Spain, it fucking, I felt like I was on edge. Sure. Felt like there was people wanting to get at me because they yeah. knew that I wasn't from there. Yeah. So I think that the big one of the the lessons that I've learned is while wearing a baseball cap, a snapback, and shit like that is something that you do in Melbourne when you go to fucking these other places. Just dress like a little bit more fucking Euro. Mm. So that maybe I'll buy a leather jacket. <laughs> It's going to be summer. It's the only Euro thing. Is that even European? I don't know. But the the point being is you don't want to stand out. The other fucking thing is that um, I you want to avoid... Like one of the common, common things that happens with pickpockets is they will hang around where those signs are. Do you know why they'll, the, the, there's pickpocketers in this area? Like the, do you know why uh, they hang around there? What, more loose? No. Nah. Because as soon as you see a sign, you feel your um, pocket 
to see if your wallet's still in there, which gives them a visual cue of exactly where your wallet is. No. Yeah, which pocket. Crafty so, little motherfuckers. Yeah, so I tend to like walk with my hands on my side mm. and I can sort of brush. I won't do a classic sort of tap, you know, the Westpac ad, the guy mm. lost his wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just sort of like I'll, I'll do that. But I, for the first month, and a half of my world trip that I did in 2014, I had a um, passport holder thing that like went around my neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And went Put inside. Under yeah, it's it's worth having. It's that passport thing. It's so annoying. What's the longest you've travelled for? Um, eight eight weeks in one go to the states, or seven weeks. And that was Four the weeks. suck on that Jules Lund stuff. Yeah, no? yeah. And then I went back for another three weeks, a couple of months later. And that was and then- for the presenter. The Hollywood thing. Mm. And then Europe, I've done a couple of times, but it was like four weeks and another three three or four weeks. But when I was in Barcelona, I I reckon I got pickpocketed. I had cash in my pocket yeah, and it just was gone. I had yeah. a 20, dollar, 20 euro note. Yeah. And I was walking around by myself. I didn't feel anything. Uh-huh. But nothing serious got taken. But then I got fleeced by this fuck on the foreshore there's, in Barcelona. There's like... Mm-hmm nightclubs that are kind of underground yeah so there's like this big sort of not boardwalk but big concrete walk yeah along the water so sort of like a santa monica or like that kind of thing yeah but it's like yeah all these nightclubs underneath that sort of come out at the sand level uh-huh. and so this is slightly elevated and there's all these nightclubs where there's like an entrance that sort of takes you downstairs and there's a rope with a red carpet uh-huh. and before they opened my the person that I was with were walking along and this guy was hey you know everyone's trying to fucking pull you over to sell you something yeah and he pulled us over and he sold us something which was a ticket ten euros to get in later that night it mm-hmm. had a fucking name of the club on it yeah and it had his number on the back of it mm-hmm. and I went back that night with this ticket yeah and I walked up after we'd been out for dinner because you need to get these things so he told us so you could get in yeah when it gets busy. This thing fucking didn't exist. There were, this night, this guy would have just been standing on the other side of the red rope. Yeah, and pulled us over. Like, man, there's people trying to like. There is desperation, and it's at all level. Like, it's in Southeast Asia. It's in the US. Like, the amount of times that I've had, and it makes you not want to engage. Mm. Um, the the big scam slash non scam. The biggest scammy non scam there is is comedy shows in New York yeah. and in the the US yeah. with the minimum drink stuff. But not only the minimum drink stuff, they'll be selling those tickets on the street. They're actually... They, they should be free. Like we, we had one... I don't know the specifics of it, but I remember vaguely remember being in New York and having a conversation with the guy. He just sold... I'd seen him just sell some. And we're talking about it. And he said, look, um, I'll give them to you. Just like get the drink, just do the minimum, do all that. Like, and that, that's fine. So like there, there must be some sort of commission shit, but just I get that it's a part of, it's a part of the comedy scene there, but it's, it's fucking annoying. Yeah, I, so, so if you've never been to New York, there is, it's the similar, the, the US does, the California does the, the comedy thing. clubs. Yeah. It's like in Melbourne when the comedy festivals is on. There's all these people walking around spruiking comedy shows. But they're not selling your fucking. They're not selling the tickets. The whole idea is it's like 
um, yeah, get your tickets uh, for tonight's show, blah, blah, blah. You rock it. So you'll, you'll give some money on the street and then when you enter, they'll say, okay, there's a two drink minimum. Mm. I remember getting like cookies and shit, but I realized that the thing is- you are, don't drink. Yeah. Did you get milk, big boy? <laughs> get a little bit of milk? Uh, they didn't have almonds, so I couldn't. <laughs> Um, but the, I, I understand we actually should, um, yeah, we should get my mate Simon on at some point to talk about that. He's a comedian. Yeah. Because, um, he's also a bit of a hustler. So he would like, he's, um, he can probably speak in a, in a better way around like, is this important? I'm guessing it's important because it brings a lot of people, but I, I bet most, most comedy Shows would have mainly like tourists and shit because they're at you know tickets. So I bought. We went to see a New York, um, New York Knicks. Okay, yeah. The no, not the, the baseball team. Yankees. Yankees we went to Yankee yeah. Stadium uh-huh. um, in the Bronx. Yeah. And we bought these tickets. We looked on maybe it was Craigslist. Yeah. And we found this guy. Would have been StubHub potentially. Maybe no. maybe StubHub. It was a weird site. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. We were like 2012. And we found that we were staying <clears throat> Lower East Side. Yeah. And we had to go sort of midtown to get these tickets mm-hmm. off this dude. It was so bizarre, right? We rocked up and this guy has a season pass. Mm-hmm. It uh, must be legal yeah, sure. over there that you can hand out the tickets. Or even if it's not. And even if it's not, you just you, you don't have to have the ID, ID of the person who yeah. has the tickets. And so we rock up and there was this rich dude in this like apartment complex. Like if you live in Manhattan, yeah. you're probably okay. Yeah, you're doing well. If you're living in Midtown, you're probably doing yeah. okay. And yeah, this yeah. was like a nice building. And he just, he was like this weird eccentric dude. And he comes down with like two pieces of paper, printed out tickets. And we gave him like 150 bucks each. And fuck. And it was Sporting all Sporting events are fucking expensive. Like the NBA and shit. I remember seeing a Golden State Warriors game back in 2012, in like January, I think what it year, was. What year were you in? Uh, that was, that, yeah, that was 20, January. January 2012. It was mm. for, uh, it was close to Super Bowl time as well. I was there for like a month. So I think it was like we 20 years of January. We were in the States Jan- in the same year. That's exciting. The uh, I was there for Macworld, which was the year... I was there for party time. <laughs> Macworld was literally... It was the year that iPhone cases became a big thing. So it was me just reporting. You can see on that Melbourne Geek site that I still have, you can see me. That was from that 2012 yeah, yeah. of me like asking about these iPhone lenses that this uh, company had. But yeah, the um, baseball doesn't have to be super expensive though. That's what I learned about baseball specifically. There's just so many tickets and shit yeah. that like... You can spend twenty five bucks and be up quite high, but who gives a fuck? But we were it, up so high, yeah, and it's like so steep. Those stadiums are like, yeah. if you fell forward, you could tumble uh-huh. and it would fucking hurt. Yeah, you could die. Yeah, it's the um, yeah. I mean, it's all part of the getting ripped off is part <laughs> yeah. of the travel experience. Have you been ripped learning. off? Uh, <clears throat> oh, yeah, I've had things like when Bree and I first went on our overseas like went overseas for the first time together mm. when we were in Thailand. Um, we paid we paid so much for that trip, but we also paid um, a driver every single day to drive us around completely. Un- like we thought 40 bucks for a driver, which is fine, which is like a fair amount and all that sort of thing, but you don't fucking need it. But him on the first day, he said the this is a classic scam 
or a bit of a white lie that uh, taxi drivers or drivers in different countries will say. They say, if you're saying, I want to go to the, the mall, they'll be like, oh, it's closed at the moment. It won't open until 10.30 or they'll make up a time. And they'll say, well, we can t- join us to take you somewhere else in the meantime. And you go, ah. Oh. And they're like, oh, look, I know this great place. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. There's a great jewelry shop or there's a great... His thing was, oh, there's a there's an elephant sort of farm type thing and a gun range. So we got there and I ended up... I'm like, oh, yeah, gun range. Oh, that could be be fun. And we got there and I opened the door and I hear bang, 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 bang. And I closed the door. I was like, he actually had to get the drive out to get out of the car and like... Like he was holding my arm, taking me in. What What was your feeling? What were you? I was just thought like uh, shooting, just and the, death, death. <laughs> yeah. I get it, but it's like, literally we like thinking hearing that they were going to shoot you. We're thinking that no, you're... it's just like okay, we're like we don't fucking know this guy. We're going to this. I've have done no research. I don't know what the deal is with these scenarios. Mm. How old were you? Twenty one. Yeah, you're young as fuck. Uh, have you ever done the gun range thing? No. I was in Vegas and I didn't. I wanted to. Because yeah. you can do the machine guns and shit there. So in the US have actually changed their laws. Yeah, you can as do bazookas. A, yeah. I, no, as an Australian no, citizen. A cow. Australian what? citizen, you can't. You can't even go behind the glass. So I mean in um, Thailand. Oh, Thailand. Sorry. Yeah. You oh, bazooka a cow yeah, yes, in yes, Thailand. Yes. Bazooka a cow. You can bazooka. Horrendous. That's disgusting, isn't it's it? It's really bad. The world, the world of fucked up place. Well, that's the thing. Like you can, there are these places that, you know, sex tourism, like just tourism where just... Have you, you've been to Bangkok? Goes. Uh, Phuket. Have, have you been to, what's that walk where all the sex tourists go? Uh, yeah. Patong. You Patong. haven't been there? Yeah. You have? have been, yeah. What's the vibe? Uh, I, I don't know if Patong's the main one. There's actually, there's a... Uh, where all the lady boys, are they... Yeah, there's, there's all that sort of stuff. Does um, it for the vibe that I'm talking about? In- it's gross. I think what's gross is what's not gross is it's very sad. Is when you see stuff that could be human trafficking, like you see a lady on the street begging for money, and you know, and she's got a kid with her, and you know that that money is going into some big pool of gang cash. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a few like. I've had a few cases of where, and this is like I'm I'm torn around. I want to give people money. I want to look after people and support them. But I don't want things to be a waste either. Mm. So I, there's this empathy side of me and then there's this non-engaging side or, you know, don't want to engage. And I had a case in you know, San Francisco where I did the classic thing where I said, oh, yeah, I'll, um, I don't have money. Uh, I, I won't give you money, but I'll buy you some mm. a slice of pizza and I'll get one too. And then we got into the pizza shop and then I'm like getting all wrapped up around what I'm going to get. And um, I uh, I said to the guy, oh here's, um, oh, here's the money for the pizza. And I was just getting it. And then he never ordered. I got my pizza. I said, bye. And left. so I think he just waited until I left and then left the pizza shop. You idiot. Which was sort of annoying. But well, he so- got what he wanted. Yeah. You got a piece of pizza. Yeah, We're all I happy. got pizza. Yeah, but so many cases of that. We had an uh, instance where a guy um, was like, "Oh, you shouldn't be around." Like we were in the tenderloin, and I had a big a camera. Tenderloin? And a tenderloin is a part of uh, San Francisco, which is really, really rough. So the reason they there's a few sort of stories on why it's called tenderloin, but 
one of them was back in, I think, the 70s or something like that. They said that the police officers were paid so well to look after that area that they could afford a tenderloin every night for dinner. But, um, yeah, we were around that area, which, fuck, there's so many hotels that just, like, it's in one of those things where you you go one street across and you're there. You didn't know it. We had a guy going, like, guys, you shouldn't be here. Where's your hotel? I'll walk with you. And then, obviously, he walks with you and then he tells you a sob story, um, which there are a lot of fucking mm. sad stories in the States. Like, he just did have... So I fucking believe he had surgery. He's got no fucking money because that shit happens. Mm. And I have empathy for that. And so, you know, we gave him you know, a tip for his time. Ushering you. Yeah. But that was... He's selling, he's selling fear at that point. He's like, guys... You really shouldn't be hanging around here. I'm going to protect you. And you felt safe. Uh, we felt safe. But in some regards, we were with... I at least got a photo with... I, I said, can I get a photo with you and my girlfriend, Bray? I got that photo and that was... It felt like some a fair transaction. <laughs> You're all about that transaction. Yeah. But man, there's so many... Like I, I look at the desperate people in Europe... And I think, fuck, some of them are really crafty. Yeah. If you focused your energy somewhere else, mm. you could probably make it. But probably not in that climate. Like, they're at the end of their yeah. wits. It's like, it's, it's so they're so desperate. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty hard. What's the craziest thing you've ever eaten? <clears throat> Nothing overseas. Okay. Sushi. Yeah. I had a when I was in Pakistan. Yeah, see, I haven't been to I haven't been to like real like I haven't been to fish yeah. markets in Asia or yeah. like Pakistan or yeah. Turkey or any of those places. Well, we we went to a nice restaurant in Pakistan, and we were eating all these different dishes. And um, one of the guys said, "Oh, do you like lamb brain?" I said, "Oh no, I'm fine, thank you." <laughs> it turns out that I'd been eat like I'd been a greedy fuck because there was something delicious. It was like a curry type thing, and I kept like scooping it. It turns out that it was lamb brain. It was like oh. so, like mincy. It was delicious, but apparently you can't have it that often because it's like full of um, fat. But I had this um, in the Philippines. What was it called? Tahoe, Tahoe. Was it called? There's a, basically there's in the morning. Um, there's like a dish that's like a soy. Like I, mm. I'm not a fan of the um, bubble teas and things like that in Asia. Mm, People, the little pearls in the, yeah, like those black Yeah, it pearls. freaks me out a little bit. But, Why, what, what's the obsession with it? Um, I don't know. It, I don't know. Tahor, I think that was the that's name. That's what Tahor. they're calling them. So Tahor is like, I think it was called Tahor. Uh, if my mate Jericho is listening, he can rip me apart. But it's like a, it's a drink and they just, it's like a soy sort of with a bit of syrup. And they come out and they sort of gluggy. They pour you. A, and so this guy in the morning is walking around the streets doing this. But one of the, on that note, the thing that I loved about the Philippines is everyone has their own mini business. So we would have a dinner and it was like it's sort of like a restaurant. It, well, it's like someone, it's, it's restaurant vibes in the sense of like you're paying for food, but it's actually just someone's house. Um, it's just the the front well, of the house. What they just open up the house? This so, in the Philippines, and I'm sure there's a lot of other places in Asia that do this. But yeah, it's just you um you have what you've got, so yeah, and you just sell that that stuff. So it's like oh, I can cook, so 
people, you know, people in the local area will come and eat at your place. And what were you eating? Oh, like delicious food, but like things like chicken feet and stuff like that as mm. well. But um, a lot of rice, all eating with our hands. Um, Where's the nicest people? Um, Where's the friendliest people? Friendliest? Where have I had the friendliest? I think there's... Um, I don't know. It's hard to tell at this point because I think that, you know, people say, oh, you know, Balinese people are so lovely or these people are so lovely. But obviously we're getting a very sort of tourist Mm. experience. But I think it's more polarizing when, like in in France. Yeah. The the French are a bit more reserved. Yeah. uh, You know, sort of. Yeah, absolutely. I think like, you know, Eastern Europe, I think, what I love about that, like uh, Macedonia, Romania, is they all have that sort of Eastern European, like no smile look. Like they're real fucking well, sad. The but, Russians. Yeah. But the thing is, they're fucking so nice. Um, so that's that's like one of the things with travel is it's like you learn that there's, there's parts, you know, there's parts of the world where people are so not like Americans... Are all like they they're always like so many of them are really nice but there's also the limiting factor of the fact that they're like great great performers yeah. so yeah, you, yeah. they could think you're a fucking idiot but they will put on a show and you feel great and you feel great and so is that any different to authentic you know going to you know eastern europe and having them being a bit cold at the beginning and then just getting on and chatting about creativity. And I don't know, like, I think that it took me a while to realize that the hard thing with travel is you, there's this fine line of um, face value and being open and just trusting people and also having your instincts. Well, street smarts. Yeah. You need a bit of street And I'm a bit odd on the street smarts. In some regards, I've got none. (laughs) <laughs> Some I've got a bit. I flinch. I'm such a flincher. Do you flinch? I didn't I just, flinch I then because I'm in a safe ten place. Punch you in the face. You but, didn't flinch. What do you mean you flinch? In what scenario? Uh, two weeks ago, walking in Collingwood, nine thirty at night. Chick walked up beside me. I jumped. Was she walking up? Was she just walking past? Yeah. You? I think it's f- it's fair enough to flinch. I'm just like you're on you're, edge. you're on edge. But I think street smarts is very important when yeah. you're traveling. Like you just, it is gut instinct reading situations, ending up, you know, knowing how to get out of something. Mm. Or it, well, it's just being personable. It's being able to have a com- communicate. Mm. It's being respectful as well. Um, yeah, it's it's all of those things, and um, it's knowing when to engage as well because like, you don't engage with everything. Yeah. Because if you do, if you stop every single time someone in New York yells out, hey, New York Yankees, if you're wearing a fucking... I stopped wearing any team hats because I felt like a fraud because I don't fucking know anything about these sports. Um, But yeah, uh, that's another one that will do is if you've got a New York City like Yankees Yeah, don't wear that shit. Yeah, they'll be on on to you like a rash. (sighs) Right. Travel's fun. Sometimes you got to remember to try and travel in your own city, which sounds like a fucking cliche, but I know I'm like that. Like I want adventure, well, but so it's like the vibe. I've always thought like there's definitely for me a very unique 
maybe tell me otherwise you when you go away you have a different vibe about you when you're in a new city yeah absolutely and so things happen opportunities come up you meet people Mm -hmm. and then so how do you translate that to your normal everyday life because you get back and you're complacent and you're like oh whatever it's about your your timing that's my car Um, you've got to move your car I've got to move my car well yeah I think it's um... so how can you take a little bit of your travel vibes to your home life and that doesn't mean always exploring, but it's like... I think it's like it's, trying different restaurants and shit too, right? It's being a bit more open. It's being being open. It's about, you know, not just being in your bubble. If you live in the north side, go south side. You know, if you live in the burbs, come into the city. If you're in the city, go to the burbs. Uh, it's it's that sort of stuff, I think. But then if you've never traveled, you don't know that that's... There's a lot of unknown. Like, there's a lot of uncertainty when you travel. You feel... Like, when you don't know directions to somewhere... I don't know fucking directions of Melbourne. So I don't know. Like, that's the hard but thing. you're at least familiar with surroundings yeah. when you have never seen anything for the first time. You've I never seen never anything. I never know anything. I ne- like, this is what the fascinating thing is about living, you know, in a city is you start to learn suburbs. Like, I couldn't have told you where most suburbs were. I still can't. But like, I used to think Doncaster was city. Like, that was Melbourne city. Like, that was counted You grew up in the burbs, though. Chadston, that's the city. Do you want to go into the city? Where do you want to go? Let's go to Chadston. Like, that's the sort of shit I'm talking about. Anyway, you've got to fucking go. I've got to run. Uh, Thanks uh, for listening. You can uh, listen to all our episodes on thedailytalkshow.com. And um, we also have YouTube channels. Tommy's is youtube.com forward slash Tommy Jacket. And um, I have one. Josh Jansen, youtube.com forward slash Josh Jansen. And I've been a bit slack in the last week, but. Yeah, get your shit together. There's going to be some. uh, We've been very consistent with this. We haven't missed an app. Feels fucking great. I nearly died on Monday from the sickness, but I'm back. Massive sook. All right. Back tomorrow, the daily talk show. Thanks, guys.